The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Talkin' Buds Leave Show. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm, I'm always self-conscious about saying Happy New Year because after you get a few days after, people start to get annoyed with you. But this is our first show back, so Happy New Year. We ended our final show of 2022 talking about an epic showdown between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the St. Louis Blues. And we are starting our first show of 2023 talking about an epic showdown between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the St. Louis Blues. That literally feels like 10 years ago. It does. We it was only a week game. ago. It was only a week ago, but it does feel like 10 years ago. And unfortunately, it could never happen because they're in different conferences. And even if they were in the same conference, the Blues are not making the playoffs anyway. But man, oh man, there's just something about those two teams when they get together that like Defense is, they're short on defense. They're heavy on goals. Goaltending is sus. It is. It's explosive. It is very, very, very fun to watch. Even though they lost in the shootout, it is a very, very entertaining time when those two teams get together. It's almost like the Blues watched a little bit of film on our Toronto Maple Leafs because they started being a little heavier on pucks, started clogging up the middle a little bit more. Like they, it's like almost like they learned their lesson from last time. But it's all good. If you're a team, if you're one of these like middling teams, like the St. Louis Blues, like if I'm a team where like I'm touch and go to make the playoffs, where it's like I might make the playoffs, I might not. I'm sitting around the boardroom right now watching the World Juniors and I'm looking at Connor Bedard and I'm going... You guys, you guys want to pack it in on the rest of the season? Yeah, it definitely gives you incentive. But I don't, just look at the bottom of the standings and all the teams that are going to be involved in that sweepstakes. You got San Jose. You got you got you got Columbus. You got right now the Chicago Blackhawks are last place in the NHL. You got Anaheim. And I got, like those those Arizona, are the Arizona, like, the Habs. Oh, I know. <laughs> like look at look oh. at look at the Vancouver Canucks, okay? Like the Vancouver Canucks are a team. They've had like a pretty tumultuous season. Lots of drama, but like they'll they'll rattle off a couple of wins. Like if you're Jimmy Rutherford, it's like let's sell Every asset we have, head, like, nosedive straight to the bottom of the standings and let's get this kid to turn our franchise around. Well, there's just no guarantee. That's the only problem with this thing is, like, you want to give yourself a shot, but just because you're in dead last does not mean that you're going to get anything. That's been proven in the past. If you're So if you're looking, look at the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Look at, like... Nothing against the guy. Like I, I, he's he's taking some unnecessary shots on on Twitter, like whatever. But I thought, and I'm not saying it's his fault, but I thought the decision to hire Paul Maurice was was a puzzling one. Yeah. And now look at them; they're like toward they're 24th overall in the NHL. Got bit by the salary cap. Yeah, they sure did. Just like every other hockey team in this league. But uh, those, those teams, like all those teams, all those teams make me sick. 
Of all like, of all these teams in the, in the bottom of the standings, which one does it like? You're like, oh my god, Connor Bedard can't go there. Columbus. Uh, uh, I, I, it has to be Columbus. I, I mean, sorry, pal. Sorry, pal. You're gonna make this kid play yeah. at Mullet Arena yeah. for the next two years. Listen, a lot was made of Mullet Arena. But when when you when we watched that last week, man, it I couldn't believe my eyes when I was like how how like Gary, Gary, look what are we doing with this? Yeah, that literally looked like a minor hockey. Bu- yeah, it looked like a, it looked like I was watching a hockey tournament on Rogers TV. You don't really understand how good NHL lighting is until you get into a barn like Mullet Arena and they have that nasty glare in the neutral zone from these two awful lights from the roof. Yeah, that was awful. I hated watching that. Plus, anytime the Leafs go to that state, they just suck isn't even in the word. And it's like They're you're awful. You're watching what this kid is doing at the World Juniors and how incredible he's been. And he he's literally looking like a Connor McDavid level superstar, and you're gonna make him play at Mullet Arena. Yeah, every it's disgusting. Night? No way. Ew. No way. All of them suck. It all sucks. I mean, uh, I, the I, Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, like, I mean, the only problem with the Blackhawks is the whole controversy. The whole scandal has yes. kind of tainted their reputation a little bit. And and if you bring them up as a spot for him to go. Some people get a little touchy with I that subject. I think it's tainted. I think it's tainted at all. Yeah. And and it's a shame too, because usually when dynasties go on a run, like you hate the dynasty. Like I can't stand the Golden State Warriors. I can't stand them. I hated the Yankees back in the day, but that was a dynasty that everybody seemed to love. You were a New England Patriots fan. I'd like to point that out. That's true. Yes. So I wanna I wanna start with a PSA. For anyone who's watching this, okay? If you are not tuning in to the Talkin' Buds Leaf show on a weekly basis, you're late to the party because you and I are very open about how we consume Toronto media. We listen to the radio. We watch all the pregame shows. We were on Twitter. We follow everything. You and I were super early on two news topics that are making the rounds right now. Last week, we discussed a potential contract extension for Mike Bunting and what that might look like and will he take into account where he is in order to take less money. We also discussed John Tavares. I don't want to say falling off, but like we, we, we speculated if, you know, do you look at a potential load management? situation with John Tavares and in the last couple of days I'm seeing a lot of people who are now bringing this conversation up and I'm kind of like we on the talk about sleep show I've been talking about this for at least a week at least a week yeah you brought it up even before we even talked about it you've been on this for almost two weeks now well he looks he stole that idea from you he's tailed he's tailed right yeah, he's off. tailed off and, and you could you can you could really tell in Marner's play too yes like it's just and all of a sudden, Marner kind of seems irrelevant five on five. And I just think it's because Tavares has really dropped off. And this really leads into the point of getting another forward, perhaps. But, I mean, we're, we're on, like, 
even even Geo too. Like we're just on top of it. I'm a big proponent of getting both these guys load management, especially when you have depth and really like you look at the standings. Like it's Steam's team, gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna finish second or third. So it's like what, what's a night giving somebody some rest? You know, even though the the whole hockey player mentality of I'm not I'm not sitting out, but it's just I mean you, anybody who watches the games regularly can see that Johnny T is. Kind of tailed off. He has. Well, especially when, like, for in um, the context of Geo, we've seen guys that, that that they have enough defensive depth to give Geo a night off here and there. So, and you've got Riley and Brody who are coming back from injury who need to get out there. Like, you texted me uh, during the second St. Louis game and, being, and was like, Brody looks a little behind. It's like, yeah, the guy's been injured, and he's like a step or two behind him. And he switched sides again. Yes. It's like he went back to his offside and it's just didn't look great, but you know, whatever. It's just another regular season game. I'm not getting upset about it, but it, 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 you have enough depth to make those kind of moves, especially on the, on the D side of things. I'm not down with this hockey player. We need to be in there. It's like, come on. guys. Like I, th- this is such, listen, you don't want to get to the point of, Kucherov, and you don't want to get to the point of, of what you're seeing in the NBA where they're taking more nights off than than not. But that's just that's such a I like come on, guys. Like, come on. Warrior. Like it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it is foreign to this sport. Like yeah. it's just a lot of things are, are it foreign is, to this sport. It's it's a big deal if a hockey player does that. Like it it is. Like it no one really like. Kucherov's the only example, but that wasn't even like an open. No one came out and admitted that they were giving him load management. Just like he had an injury, he took the year off, and who knows, he might have needed the whole year off. But to to come out and kind of say that one of our hockey players on our hockey team needs load management, that's that's gonna be a story. Yeah, well, it's gonna be a big deal. Like when Kawhi was here. That's all we. That's all we talked about yeah, for a whole guess, season. And guess what happened? And look, yeah, exactly. Look what happened. He guess, sh- guess what happened? Yeah, he showed up when it mattered because, and maybe it did make a difference. Maybe he did have more energy. He was more fresh. He had a new perspective. Like it's just. It, but at the end of the day, it's a big deal in the sport to to act. I don't want to say weak for a lack of a better term, but that's almost the way it's seen when you do something like that in hockey. It's it's. You're, you're you're weak almost like so I I don't know I don't think it's gonna happen but I don't see why why it wouldn't at this point like it's a it's becoming a part of sport it's happening to goalies like goalies are the first example of it like how many like growing up it was like Martin Brodeur is playing sixty five games no matter what maybe even seventy and I I think load management has crept into the sport through the goaltending position but. It hasn't reached uh, uh, for the forwards of the defense yet, so I think when that does happen, especially if it happens in Toronto, then it's gonna it's gonna be a big deal. That's actually a fantastic transition because Ilya Samsonov. I saw a lot of people petitioning for him to get the hook against St. Louis. Keith left him in there, and then he said, "After I'm not worried about it." I feel like this is the second or third week in a row I've asked you this. Are you worried about it? I don't. I. I, I don't. I'm not worried about it right now. Like I'm not. It's like it, it was gonna happen. Like the numbers that guy had were were just 
were unrealistic and, and just not true to the type of goalie he's been throughout his career. Like, it's just, it was bound to come down. Like, the, the, to me, like, if you have a, a tandem and both guys are playing at the way, like, he's leveled back out to a, a 9 14. And, and it's just, like, look at the win loss record. Like, you know, like, it's, he's battled when he's had to, I, but, but I, it's, I think it's not a stretch to say that the first little bit of the season, he was playing a bit out of his mind. Like, I think that that is, that's high-end Ilya Samsonov. And what you're seeing now is kind of more what he really is. And I'll give the guy credit, man. He, there were some stinkers in that St. Louis game, but he made two or three huge saves in overtime. That got them to the shootout. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how bad he actually was. Like, the first goal was brutal. Like, he, like on a shorthanded situation, letting in a goal through your five hole on a weak shot. Like, you can't do that. But, like, hockey's so weird. It's like, uh, there's so many, like, there was three goals that just were bouncing pucks. Like, what, what is he really supposed to do about that? Like, other than be in the right position to make a positional save, as Craig Simpson would call it. But it's just... Having a good stick. Yeah, it's... But, like, other than that, like, this is the NHL. Like, you're playing against the best players in the world. Like, you're not going to have... Unless you're Dom Hasek or, or an elite, elite goalie, which comes by very rarely in this league. Like, that, that you're just going to have those type, type of nights. It's just not having them when it actually matters is what actually matters. And people have been talking about Murray, too, and then he goes out and has a great game in Colorado. Just both, but both guys have been healthy. Yeah, there you go. Like to me, that is that is more important than anything. It's just give yourself the ability to take the net every single night that Sheldon Keith calls your name. Like that's all I ask. Like I don't want to see Eric Schalgren play net anymore. Like as much as probably a nice young man, but just stay healthy. Be be in the net, and both of them have done that over the past little while. So like to me, that that's a win in itself. I also don't think they were that great defensively in front of them. And I'm going to ask you kind of a polarizing question. Do you think this team is worse defensively when Morgan Riley's in the lineup? No, I thought if you're, if you're referring to the blues game, I just thought the St. Louis blues played a style of hockey that the Leafs have a hard time defending heavy four checking. Heavy, heavy forechecking. And what, and when you say heavy forechecking, you mean finish every check. Yeah. Yes. And be hard on pucks. And clog the middle as much as you can. Like, even though Jordan Bennington is awful. But it's... Like, the to me, like, the St. Louis Blues showed how you can be successful against the Leafs. Don't give them space. Just don't do it. And to me, that was the whole story of that game. I know... I don't... The problem with Morgan Riley is... You're watching a play, and you're just watching the game. Things are just happening. Things are going by. St. Louis scores a goal. And then all of a sudden, you just see 44's numbers on the camera skating away, being like, what, what did Morgan do? And then you watch the replay, and like, well, why, is, why is he in the O zone when there's He's, two guys going back? I just think, you know, we made, and I'm not, I, I, we, I to me, we haven't seen enough evidence since he's been back to make like a, a, a proclamation or conclusion on whether they're better or worse when he's in the lineup. But, you know, when he was out, 
we made so much about like we had Dean on and we had McKee on. And one things we talked about, one of the things we talked about in both of those episodes was the commitment to team defense. And I think Riley's game is like so offense first. Like he's he is an offensive defenseman. He's the definition of an offensive defenseman. Yeah, he loves jumping in the play. Yeah. He so I, I wonder like he like he needs like this sort of came together after he got hurt. And I think just bad timing. Yeah, like. it is bad. But I think Sheldon might need to do a bit of a reset here on the on the team defense thing. And might need to be like, okay, guys, like when we were when we were dominating in November, early December, this is how we were playing. And like we're going out and we're giving up six to the St. Louis Blues, who are not a playoff team. And like we can't we can't have that, basically. I, I just ref- I I I take the way I look at it is Morgan Riley's a better hockey player than Connor Timmons. Like, so it's just like what I've really learned this season above other seasons and after all this playoff debacles, it's just just every year is a new year and I'm done overreacting to things in a regular season hockey game. Like Morgan Riley's just come back from an injury. Do I think he needs to improve on when to make the right time or the right time to pinch? Like, yeah, absolutely. But like, I, I just, I, I, I'm not going to like try and search for some reason why Morgan Riley makes this team worse. Like, I just don't believe that at all. I just, like, he's I, just, he's just too talented of a hockey player. Yeah. I, I, that wasn't what I was trying to do. What I was trying to say was they were playing a certain style and then Morgan Riley is a hockey player. Can he fit into that style? Yeah, but it's just one guy. Like, I know it's one guy with a lot of ice time. Like, yeah, he, I think he can fit into that style. It's just ever since they've come back from their little break, they've allowed a lot more goals than they have previously to that. And also, and that's because their goaltending isn't as good. And it's just that time, like, it's time in the regular season where they're just going to give up. They're not going to have a lot of great games in a row. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it just... I'm biased. I'm going to be honest. I'm biased to Morgan Riley. I've been his biggest fan since day one, you since have. he's been here. Like, I just, he's like the one Leaf player that I'm like extremely loyal to. He like, if I like, I'm just, I love the guy. So I just want to see him succeed so badly. And when people say bad things about him, it makes me upset. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think anyone's <laughs> saying bad things about him. I think he is on, he is on the ice for a lot of goals against. Here, 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 here's two things he needs to work on. Number one, hit the net. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. When you shoot the puck, hit the net. Yes. There you go. Number yeah. one. That's easy. Number two, just filter your your yes. pinches yes. a little bit more. Yes. That That's it. That's all he needs to work on. Who's the, who's the ideal partner for him? Like, is it still Brody? I don't think it's Brody. No. I don't think it's Brody. I don't know. I, th- I think Lilligren. You got to try. Like, they had him on the ice with Sandine for a little bit. Against the Blues, but I don't know. I, I sometimes like I remember when I like as I played defense in hockey growing up, and I the most fun I had playing defense was when you had five D, and you and you you constantly like switched up the pair that you had. I always hated six D. Like it, I don't know what it is. It's like last night or against the Blues, they decided that they're going to go back to their old defense pairings, and it. 
didn't really look that great, you know? Yeah, like the, well, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. That's yeah. kind of what I was getting at by asking you this question. But I don't think it's anything to do with Morgan Riley. I just think, like, the situation they were in where they needed their depth to step up. It's just like every guy just, like, pulls together. And it's like, we got to do our job. Yes, and it's yes. just and like... forwards. The forwards are a huge part of that too. The forwards are a huge part of when that you, too. When you when you show up to the rank and you look at the board and and this guy has to play with this guy, this guy's playing with this guy, and it's just we're back to our normal D pairs. It's almost almost like forcing a situation that that might not work. Like I don't know, I don't know. But all I know is they're they're they've given up a lot of goals lately, and. They got to get back to figuring out how to how to let less goals in their net, whether that's goaltending or the defense pairings or the forwards coming back better. They they, they just got to allow less goals. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to find. I was seeing earlier to today that there was reports coming out of Leaf practice that uh, William Nylander was not on the ice. So I'm trying to find out why that is. That makes me sick. Yeah. In the meantime, no, he got it. Yeah, it was. It was just a day off. Okay. <laughs> that little load management. Yeah, it could be a little load management. Hey, man, a little practice load William management. Nylander dealing with illness. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's a bug going around. You see that? You always get a little. Uh, you always get a little. Um, you always get a little nervous when he starts seeing that, right? Elite player, especially with the. Best player on their hockey team, not being on the ice. Speaking of elite players, Austin Matthews, 500 points. JT Miller. Did you see that clip of JT Miller yelling at his goalie the other day? Yeah. To get off the ice? Yeah. And then they asked him um, after the game just about his, his season he's had thus far. And he... He was really like, well, you know, I, I think I'm having, even though I'm not producing, I'm playing a better 200-foot game, and that's why I'm not producing as much. And he kind of said it in, like, a smarmy way. But I want to take that Austin Matthews is producing, but Austin Matthews' 200-foot game is so, so good. Like, so good. So I'm not comparing Austin Matthews to JT Miller in any way, but I thought, like, that kind of applies to Matthews in that, like, last year, his his MVP season, he was so flashy, right? He was so, like, he was electric watching him. And this year, he's not as electric, but he's still producing, and man, oh, man, is he is he elite everywhere on the ice. I just think, I also think he's just not getting any bounces. Yeah, no, he's not getting any like, bounces. There's, there's but times where he, 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 he brings the puck into the ozone or he has a one-time opportunity and the puck just kind of bounces off his stick or he, he fans or some guy. Like, it's just, it's almost like he's not getting the luck because the more I watch, the more I see he's getting himself in the right position to do exactly what he did last season. It's just, I honestly believe that it's just not really going in but for him. But he's still, it's so funny, right? Like, I think the point I'm trying to make is, He's just so good. His like, two hundred foot game is 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 like immaculate, and it's just, he's getting it done, but just not in uh, um in as flashy. I can talk in as flashy of a way as he did last year. And I think it's messing with everyone's mind a little bit. I mean, the guy's still having a great year. Yes, yes, he's having an incredible year. That's exactly the point I'm making. Yeah. 
Like he's having he's having an incredible year. And he's like, he got to 500 points in no time. I've said since his first season, this is the greatest, this guy will go down as the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf ever. And this just further supports that take. I think with Matthews, it's, I think Sheldon Keefe said it best in his post game. This is just a checkpoint for this guy. Like they're like, I know they were, they were kind of trying to make it like a big deal on the broadcast. I mean, it's kind of nice. Like the whole, he's the fastest leaf of all time, but I mean, 500 points to this guy, he's going to get 600 in no time. So it's barring disaster, but it's just with Austin Matthews. I think you made the best point all season. This guy's going to have a, a good statistical year. Is he going to win the Hart Trophy? No, but score the goals when they matter. Exactly. That is that is one of my favorite things you have said this season. Is just and be be elite in in like in to be elite all over the ice, which is exactly what he's done. Well, look at the record. Like, just look at the team's record. Like, this is a good hockey team. They're going to make the playoffs no matter what happens. How many points this guy gets, that guy gets, it's whatever. It's just one thing this team's been lacking is in the most important situation every single season, one of their top players just doesn't have that game. They just don't have that game to, to bring them to the next level. So it's just like, all this regular season stuff is great, but it's kind of the regular seasons he he is having is almost like the Leafs in general. It's like whatever you do in the regular season, just it has, and in the end, it just means nothing. Just score that big goal and that big game in the playoffs, oh. and you'll be a legend in this see, city forever. See, I I think that that is valid for all just about everyone on the team, except for number eighty eight, who's completely changed his perception with a lot of people in this fan base. And I heard Myrtle say on the radio actually earlier today that after the Montreal loss, there was a lot of executives in the league who looked at William Nylander and was like, I don't want this guy. And now could could you make an argument that he is the most like improved so if you were giving star out, player, if you like, were giving out, if you were giving out SO medals of achievement, like not like usually it's it's the it's the kid who doesn't have much talent who works hard and gets him like kind of like a Zach Hyman, Michael Bunting type. But in terms of guys born with God given ability, Mitch Marner set the consecutive game point streak for this hockey team this year, and I don't care. I will sit here and I will look you and I will look you dead in the eye and tell you that William Nylander has been the most valuable player for this hockey team since the drop of the puck in in Montreal back in October. Full yeah, stop. I, uh, yeah, he's full been, stop. I, I am I'm the perfect example of somebody who just laid it on this guy for years and years for his shortcomings and but at the same time, it's like he is a completely different hockey player. Yes. Like he is. Like he was always talented. He always had the ability to score. He always had the ability to pass. It's just there's just an extra drive in his game. That's just it's different. He's he's dominating. It's you know what like it every is. Every time he's on the ice, he's dominating. We've talked about it. I've talked about it a lot in these last how how many like three months, four months of the season. 
confidence, man. Yeah. Last last week, you said Nylander's got the biggest balls in the league right now. He absolutely does. Yeah, he, he looks, absolutely. He's does. just dom- like before. It's he had a couple opportunities a, ga- a game to to put the puck in the net. He did. He had. He's always had nice moves. He's always had a nice shot. But just every shift that guy's on the ice, he's just he's circling the ozone with the puck, looking for an open man. He's stripping a guy of a puck. He's back. It's when just, they're it's when, unbelievable to when watch. they're when they are on the power play, and the other team clears it down the ice into their zone. No one other than him should be grabbing the puck and re-entering the opposing team zone. No one. I know they they still do Marner back to Matthews yeah, yeah. and Matthews no. in, but no, it's... no, 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 no. You got a zone entry phenom on your team. Before we get out of here, I just want to talk about my guy, your guy, and your guy, Pontus. Pontus. Pontus has taken. Leafs Nation by storm. This guy is found gold. So much so that there is a group among us calling for him to be elevated to the second line center position and John Tavares to be moved to the wing. I don't hate that because I'm, I just, I listen, he's a nice hockey player. Kelly Yarncroft is not a second line hockey player. Like, can we, I'd be down to at least try that. Can we try it? I I, I don't know. I think that's a little strong. <laughs> I think that's a little. I don't know about that. One. Okay. All right. All right. That, that's just that's. You just, think Pontus is fine some, where he is? That's somebody watching too many Leaf games, getting too excited about, like just. You know what happens to Pontus if you elevate him into that position? He's he's not as good. He, he fails. And then he's not Pontus anymore. Let Pontus be Pontus on the fourth line and develop at his own rate. Let That's I, what you do with Pontus. You need to go to the game and make a sign and hold it up that says, let Pontus be Pontus. Yeah. That's he's it. Been, he's been a, he's like Pontus Holmberg is the guy who's going to replace David Camp when David Camp yes. moves on to another organization next season and next year he's your third line center. That's a great. That is a That great, is Pontus Holmberg right there. That, he doesn't need to go on a second line. He doesn't need a a bigger role. You leave him where he is so he can feel comfortable and develop and like you said with Nylander, gain confidence. Yep. So next year when David Camp signs for 2 and a half million with another hockey team, He's Pontus ready steps in. for yeah. that third line center position. Yeah. That's Pontus. It's true. That's, you know what? That's a great, that's a rational level headed take. So you think the people who are saying move Pontus up to second line center. They're the, bored. They watch too many Leaf games. They have nothing else to talk you about. You think they're the same people who are saying, let Jake Gardner play left wing. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> that was a or, or, like, or I remember at the beginning of the year where Martyr was taking reps on D. <laughs> How does that look after that five man power? You play? know what though? They did. Oh. They did have another five man against St. Louis, and they executed it to. It was picture perfect. Picture I don't. Perfect. I don't want that in the playoffs. Okay. No, no, thank you. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think. No, it's, thank I think you. It's a little, little risky. All right. There's our first show of 2023. Another year. Another leaf season, another leaf season. But we're officially in a year now. We're in a calendar year where they're going to play a playoff series. 
And they have to win. <laughs> they have to win. <laughs> they have to win. We were watching. We were watching the ep- first episode of the Leaf Blueprint together, and all Ryan kept saying while we were watching it was, "They have to win. They have this to. team has to win. They have to win." You know what's amazing too is all the years previous can just be flushed down the toilet if they just do it. Literally, like it's just I, I'm so invet like. This season's been amazing. A couple weeks ago, I was on here saying, I don't know how to get excited for this hockey team. I don't know how I'm supposed to get up to watch the games. I don't know how I'm supposed to be passionate. And and they sucked me back in with this with their performance this season. I think William Nylander single-handedly sucked me back in to this hockey team. And I, I just now, I want them to win so bad. It's it's not even funny. It's consuming you. I just I need them to win a playoff series. I want to see this group succeed so bad. I feel like I feel like they've earned it. Like I honestly finally feel like this group has earned some success. Like that well, they've they've really turned a corner this season. I don't care if it's the regular season. I'm someone who's dedicated the past seven years to watching this hockey team every single day. And it's just I sound like Mike Babcock there. And Every single day. Yeah, and I just, I need this team to be successful. I need it. I, 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 it has to happen. Well, Ryan, I agree with you. They do deserve it. Part of me wants to tee off on Gary's stupid playoff format. But, but, as a former 16-time world heavyweight champion used to say, to be the man, you gotta beat the man. It's true. That's why I. That's why I don't hate that first round matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that it's gonna send you over the top. It is. It is. It is. We're gonna get out of here. Get out of here, everybody. Thank you so much for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really, really appreciate it. We'll see. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.